was at school growing up, I had a friend who, whose father drove a Ferrari. Beautiful red Ferrari, the classic color. On the surface, I was impressed until my friend explained to me that actually it wasn't a Ferrari. It was a Honda. At first, I was kind of confused, but he explained that instead of spending all the money to buy a half a million dollar car, he bought a kit for the external frame and fitted it over the top of the, the frame of a Honda. And so while it looked impressive, it didn't sound or drive anything like a Ferrari. It was really only good to be parked outside a cafe. You know, I've sometimes looked at my life and my, my own spiritual journey, and I've been challenged by that image, wondering whether my life is really the real deal or whether it just looks holy. You know, whether there's a spiritual Ferrari with a Honda engine on the inside. I think it's a challenge that all of us need to question. Because if you look through the history of the church, we realize that it's been far too easy down through the generations to look good rather than truly be good. It is so much easier to talk with nice, pious language, to dress in ways that make you look holy on a Sunday, to arrange your house so that the garden is neat and the lounge room is perfect and everyone just assumes that therefore you must be virtuous. It's so much harder to change the engine over. And I think this is the real question. How do we live in a radical honesty? In the last few episodes where I've been trying to break open this question of facing our brokenness, facing the real honesty of our wounds and our sin and not giving up, not blaming God, not, not coming to that helpless place where we say, this is just who I am and everyone has to put up with it. How do we face that radical honesty to say, this is who I am and I'm not happy with that? If you look at the world, scientists tell us that beneath your feet there is a lot of soil and a lot of dirt, but then eventually you're going to hit the, the Earth's crust. And you go deeper and you're going to get to a whole raging inferno of molten fire. It's hard for us to imagine. You know, when you look at the ground, it looks so innocent, just quite mundane. And yet we believe, or we are told, that underneath the earth there is this raging furnace. There are only certain places on the earth where we can actually see that. And they're volcanoes. Places where the turmoil that lies in the depths bubbles up to the surface. And this is why whenever a volcano explodes, scientists or volcanologists go crazy. And they run as fast as they can to get to this place because they want to study what lies hidden. 
maybe in the spiritual journey, we need a similar attitude. You see, because there are volcanoes in all of our lives. There are those moments where you just have a brain snap and you get angry. Moments where selfishness just takes over and and you do something which you're kind of horrified about. And you know that you're horrified because you're suddenly looking for excuses or people to blame for your actions. You know, these are the things we bury, we hide from, because we're ashamed. The sort of thoughts that flick through your mind a dozen times a day, which if you were to really stop and look at them, they would absolutely terrify you. These are the small volcanoes. These are the little things which reveal what's really going on inside our heart. Once you strip away the pious exterior, the nice veneer, we start to recognize that not all is well on the inside. And I think the essence of real transformation is when we can come to a place of radical honesty and say, that is me. Yeah, so often I've talked to people who are prepared to face the fact that they've done the wrong thing. But it's automatically wrapped up in excuses or blame. You know, I, I only did this because my father was like that. So therefore it's his fault. Or I did this because this other person treated me like this. And surely any rational person would have done the same. Or we did this because I was tempted. You know, if it wasn't for the temptation of the devil, I would never have done that. Or if only God's grace had been greater, then I would never have done it. In so many ways, we shift the blame. It's, it's just like Eve in the Garden of Eden, blaming the serpent. We, we're always trying to hide from the horrible reality. You know, once again, in the Garden of Eden, when God says to Adam, Adam, where are you? It's not because God doesn't know where Adam is. It's because Adam doesn't know where Adam is. Adam's in denial. Adam is lying to himself. Adam's blaming Eve. Eve's blaming the serpent. And God's trying to say to him, Adam, where are you? Look closely at what's just happened and take ownership of it. Recognize that this wasn't Eve, wasn't the serpent, it was you. You made the decision. You reached out your hand and you took that fruit. You chose. That moment of honesty, it's both the most terrifying and the most liberating thing you can ever do. If you can get to that place and actually acknowledge I am actually an angry person. I am actually a really selfish person. I am actually a person who terrifies me. That's me. I can't deny it. It's at that moment you can suddenly start to recognize that you need a savior. You can't fix yourself. You can't go through the world blaming everybody else until the day you die. Liberation comes 
on the day you take ownership. Now, the reason why this is so important is because you can't receive mercy if you're not taking ownership for your sin. God's love is primarily revealed through mercy. But if we are spending all our energy blaming and excusing our behavior, then no wonder we don't feel loved. You know, as I mentioned in that previous episode about allowing ourselves to hit rock bottom, having the courage to actually face the horrible truth of who we are, and then allowing ourselves to be loved in the horrible truth of our mess. That's where love becomes real. But we can only really be loved when we start to be real about who we are. It's when I can stand like that man in the gospel. You know, that, that, that story where the Pharisee is at the front of the, of the temple talking about how righteous he is and how much he gives to the poor and all the ways that he fasts. Or the tax collector who stands at the back and beats his breast and says, God, be merciful on me, a sinner. So often we fall in the trap of being the Pharisee. True liberation comes when we can say, God, I need help. Because I just can't change without you. Unless you intervene in my life, I'm just going to keep leaving a trail of destruction behind me. I need a savior. I need you to intervene. This radical honesty needs to come more and more into the culture of our church. Tragically, the culture of the church down through the centuries has been one of fear and shame and pretending. I remember hearing a story some years ago when the sexual abuse crisis broke out in the US. And a woman said that the best response we could make is that above the doorway of every church, we have a sign written in big letters saying, here the truth is spoken. Reminding us that the whole purpose of God's love is to make us feel free to be radically honest. We are so confident in his mercy that we should no longer be ashamed of our sin. We should no longer be hiding and covering ourselves with fig leaves because they're useless clothing anyway. We should be rather standing in the truth and saying, God, here I am, weak and broken. Love me and transform me. Could you imagine what the church would look like if every person who walked through those doors on a Sunday was able to stand in such honesty and allow themselves to be healed and transformed. Can you imagine how the world would look? How, how families would look? If each person was prepared to go through that healing journey. I simply just want to encourage you to wrestle with this. Don't run from it because God is going to keep chasing you down calling you, reminding you, pressing on that wound, that, that bit of shrapnel in your knee. He's going to keep pressing that wound until you go to the surgeon and ask for healing. Let him heal you. Let him start to love you in your brokenness and your mess 
allow that grace to transform you from the inside so that you no longer just look like a Christian, but that you actually have the heart of Christ beating within you. <laughs>